fucking cut? That's just stupid. That's the best you could come up with. Welcome to this bonus episode of Exploited. I'm Alexis Jowski. And I'm a retiring coder who's struggling to to uh, identify with his son. <laughs> I'm Kevin Daly. Yeah, in this bonus episode, we're talking about A Talking Cat, 2013, from David Dakota. Is that a cat? Four paws, kind of furry, yep. I think so. Yeah. Did we get a cat? No. Why? Oh, I did see a cat, that one. What does it say? Duffy. Yeah? But there's no address. So, Duffy, what should I do? Wow. Really nice house. I like cats. Yeah, he's cool, I guess. Me and my dad were actually thinking about getting a cat. New day to start over. Bill 2.0. You can talk? But only once? I don't make the rules, Phil. There's a cat in here. I know there's a cat in here. It was just talking to me. A talking cat? That's just stupid. That's the best you could come up with. I'm a talking cat, but I can only talk to a person once. I look like something that the cat dragged in. <laughs> I'm doing it. Keep loose. Don't fight against the water. I like you taking things seriously, but you don't have to all the time with me. You both talked to a cat, didn't you? And the cat talked back, didn't it? That's weird. Yes, it's the 10-year anniversary of this movie. I cannot believe this movie is 10 years old. Yeah. Um, David Dakota, during that, I think that year, like maybe just a couple weeks, he just banged out a whole bunch of kids' movies. A Talking Cat, A Talking Pony, Easter Bunny Puppy. Ah, Easter Bunny Puppy. A Halloween Christmas Puppy or something like that. Santa Summer's House. A Talking Cat's the only one that really got notoriety. That one became like a cult film. Yeah, this movie is um is a thing that exists. To where David Dakota was getting calls from friends that were like, Hey, David, you finally made something we enjoy. <laughs> um, I saw it on Netflix ten years ago, but it's, it's not on Netflix anymore, so we had to watch it on Amazon. Yep, which I actually had to pay money for this. $1.99. Yep. Not expensive, but I did actually pay money for this. Amazon categorized this movie as fantasy. I mean, it is a talking cat. It is a talking cat. Also, Johnny Whitaker uh, hooking up with Christine DeBell, probably also fantasy. That's the guy from Sebastian and the Sea Monsters, whatever that show was. Yeah. Hooking, hooking up, up with, with the former Playboy. 
<laughs> Playboy model. She played Alice in an X-rated version of Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, I think that might be a little bit of fantasy as well. Yeah. This movie, it starts with lounge music. This this soundtrack for this movie is something. And I'm trying to find out more about it. Because we're told that this is by Henry Manfredini. Yeah. And I'm like, it can't be. Henry Manfredini did not take the script for a talking cat and, and write this. The Apparently, dude that did the music for Friday the 13th movies? Yeah, uh, apparently apparently he did. Like He just sat down one day and literally wrote these awful fucking songs? Apparently. I was thinking that this was like some stuff he wrote for incidental stuff in other movies that was never used. That was just like in a public domain vault that David Dakota raided and said, Music by Henry Manfredini! Because the music in this is just... Well, it's the music for A Talking Cat. It's the music you would expect in a movie called A Talking Cat, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it, it is, in fact, a talking cat movie. And we get all kinds of stock nature footage. A beautiful stock nature footage, but it looks, oh. like, looks like a bunch of... Uh, Bob Ross paintings, but bunch of relevancy to, <laughs> bunch of relevancy to the film is definitely a suspect. Yeah, we get the same creeks and forests and the beach shot. Um, we'll see them plenty because this movie, although it has two locations, has fifty nine establishing shots. This movie is very short. It's eighty three minutes, and it probably could have been sixty. <laughs> could have been sixteen. <laughs> yeah, probably. And then we suddenly hear this haunting voice of Eric Roberts as Duffy, the talking cat. And as at this point, we realize that Eric Roberts literally phoned in his performance. Well, yeah, like, um, well, it called it, it, called it in on the cell phone. Yeah, because it's, it sounds so distant and, you know, muffled. He's like, oh, like the woods. Like he just woke up. He's still in bed recording this. Yeah, the first line, I like the woods. I always have. Now don't get me wrong, I like to be indoors on a nice fluffy bed as much as anyone. I feel like there was no script for this film. Like, the way the characters, the, the actors interact with each other and, like, the dialogue sounds like bad improv to me. <laughs> like, somebody was just having a conversation with Eric Roberts and recording it at in their pocket. Yeah. Oh, well, just like the whole movie. I mean, we could talk, we'll talk about it more as we get through it. But literally, it feels like David Dakota rounded up some neighbors and just said, here, pretend this talking, here's like an outline and just And they, go. they rented this uh, million dollar Malibu mansion where David Dakota shot a ton of movies in this place. The 1313 beefcake films are all there. All of his kids' movies take place there. Other people use this, like it's in a, what was that title? Ass Worship 7 or something? Like yeah, hardcore, was... hardcore movies were shot there. Yes. It's, the... uh, I, I'm just, I'm sitting there watching the kid, uh, Chris. Yeah. Lie there in bed, like read a book, and I'm like, there are people having some, like, raunchy anal sex on that Yeah, there, there was bed. a double anal scene filmed on that bed. Like the day before, probably. <laughs> Oh, and the talking cat refers to, like, cell phones and computers as, like, they're tiny, shiny, beeping machines. Which I'm pretty sure is what Eric Roberts actually thinks they are. Oh, I thought beeping was just self-censoring. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Like, later on, when he's talking about vaping machines, I'm like, yeah, it fucking works just as well. He's self-censoring. Then he's like, yeah, people need all the help they can get, and that's why I'm here. Like, really? From you, Duffy? Ah, <laughs> uh, Duffy. And then, boom, right into the awful opening credits. <laughs> yeah, the credits are bad. And it's from writer Andrew Helm, who wrote... Santa's Summer House and The Great Halloween Puppy Adventure. Oh, boy. He also wrote Death Racers. The oh asylum God. knockoff of Death Race. It's got ICP in it. <laughs> oh, God. And the cat is played by Squeaky From. No, it's Squeaky. Just... Yeah. So, most of the, int- the beginning of this movie is just cat footage. Yeah. The credits is just cat footage. We get uh, a cat anus quite a few times. I mean, that's what cats do. They just like to show you their assholes. Yeah. And then finally we get Phil Barber, played by Johnny Whitaker, the retired coder. <laughs> I actually like <laughs> him in this movie. Oh, he's so happy. <laughs> Phil is such a Phil is such a nice, happy guy. Yeah. Dim as hell. <laughs> oh, yeah. Phil is just oblivious. Completely oblivious. And he walks into the, their, their million-dollar mansion. I mean, he's a really successful coder, okay? Yeah, he's he just sold his like company for hojillions of dollars. He sold it for $44 billion to Elon Musk. Yeah, he's, he's like, I have enough money to retire. And his son's like, you had enough money to retire before. He's like, that's what they told me. Told me. Yeah, and he apparently, because this, this house is gaudy as hell. Yes. Every All the decoration in here is atrocious. And Phil, when he comes home, he's looking around his house and he's like, This is hideous! What was I thinking? Yeah. And then they have a couch. He'd hired, yeah, he'd hired an interior decorator who... Um, has no taste. No taste, apparently. Just hired him, like, right out of Craigslist. <laughs> it's fiber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's five bucks, decorate my fucking house. I've got coding to do. <laughs> no time to decorate. So he he hops on into their their couch that is half of a, a Volkswagen Bug, <laughs> and starts to go and like vroom vroom vroom. And the son Chris, played by Justin Cohn, is not having any of this shit. <laughs> is Justin Cohn one of the Dakota boys? He's not, but he might as well have been. Because both of the the boys in this movie are. Um pretty cut. Yeah. They, got they are. Uh, they're in good shape. And we get them shirtless. Yep. Because, oh yeah, this gaudy house has a pool with a statue of a child peeing. <laughs> it's it's this, cla- classy. Yeah, just this child peeing into the pool. I mean, it fits so well when you see this same child peeing in the pool in Santa's summer house. <laughs> <laughs> or an ass worship five. <laughs> it makes sense in ass worship five, okay? <laughs> Part of the plot. Um, there's probably golden shower scenes in that movie. Who knows, man? I haven't seen it. Yeah, this this little half car couch that Phil's going vroom vroom. Yeah, there's probably a golden shower scene right on that couch the day before. <laughs> That's what I think. I just assume everything you see in this movie just had like raunchy sex had on it the day before this film. Yeah. Not. Still smells of the piss and the lube from the fisting scene they did. <laughs> no. 
But uh, Phil's like, I'm retired now. I get to spend time with you, my son. Chris is like, I'm going to order a pizza. Bye. It's like, yeah, that's cool, Dad. And we get to watch him take every single step up the stairs. Just in dead silence, watching this kid climb the stairs and walk down the hallway. And then Duffy just randomly invades their house and we get a cat butthole. (laughs) (laughs) One of many. Chris gets a phone call from a girl, Franny, played by Allison Seek, who was in Easter Bunny Puppy. Ah. Yep. She's trying to get some tutoring in English, and I guess Chris has a crush on this girl, because he's just a stuttering wreck. Yeah, it actually felt kind of real, which again, makes me wonder if this was just like, <laughs> like, just shot gorilla style. It's like, all right, now I'm going to listen to this guy talk to this girl. He has a crush. Yeah, and, and she's like, out of it. she's like, are you, are you sure you're okay with English? Because he's just like, I'm a book. I can't talk to goth girls. I just stare and stand. And he's like, no shirt, no shoes, no service. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm lame. <laughs> Duffy's just wandering around the house, and Chris is like, did we get a cat? That feels like, nope. No, why? <laughs> then Chris is like, oh, well, what do you do when you like a girl? Oh, well, I don't know. Oh, look, a cat! And yeah. he just runs off. The dialogue reminds me of The Room. <laughs> it does. Like, in this just kind of weird, random, like, almost stream of consciousness that is the pacing of the dialogue in this film. Yeah, because it's just, what do you do when you like a girl? Oh, well, um, Chris, that's a, oh no, a cat! Just, yeah. <laughs> Hi, cat. Prances away after this cat. And then we get more establishing shots before we go to this house in the woods where the poor family lives. Yeah, we got the pores. <laughs> and we get the daughter, Tina. This absolute C-word of a daughter. I hate this character. <laughs> She's not very nice, especially to her brother. I mean, the actress is probably fine, but this this, this character is just vicious. Yeah, she she's not a very, very nice... The character is not a very nice person. And her mom is Susan, played by Kristen DeBell. And so Tina's like, hey, mom, I have a question. And the mom just goes, you're never going to business college. Just boom. That's pretty harsh. And then Anne storms the brother Trent. Stop asking mom about business college. Yeah, Trent doesn't do a very good job of establishing himself as particularly likable in the beginning, even though as the movie goes on, you're like, oh, yeah, he's not that bad. It turns out his sister's just really obnoxious and he's had enough that day. Yeah, she's broken this boy because he actually truly believes that he's worthless because she's bullied him. She's bullied the soul out of Trent. And Her twin, like, by the way, they're twins. They're twins, and she's just bullied him to the point where he's like, I'm worthless and will accomplish nothing in my life. I have no imagination. All I'm good for is putting fences back up. Fences that weren't even down to begin with. Yeah, the mom keeps ranting off at Tina's like, You're too smart for your own good. You'll never go to college. We can't afford it. Because she's a caterer that only makes one product. Cheese balls. Cheese puffs. Oh, cheese puffs, yeah. Jesus, you can make a drinking game out of how many times they say cheese puffs in this movie. I think she does make other stuff, but the only thing they ever talk about are the cheese puffs. Yeah, well, at one point she says, I'm losing money on these cheese puffs. And like, then how do you have a business? Because that's your only fucking product. 
Like, if you had other things on the menu, it'd be okay to lose money on the cheese puffs. But if all you do is make cheese puffs at a loss, like, what's your fucking endgame here, woman? <laughs> and then Tina sits on the couch with the biggest fucking laptop in the world. This laptop is huge. Yeah, that was big, but it definitely big in two, for two thousand, even by 2013 standards. Yeah. And she gets all snippy with Trent, calling him stupid. You have no goals. You're uninteresting. Yeah, she's rather mean to her brother. Yeah, she is. And the mom's looking for her shoes because she's got to go deliver some cheese puffs. And she's like, these people deserve toe-free appetizers. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's probably true. But uh, Are there people that deserve toe ones with toes? <laughs> I think we both know the answer to that question. And the answer is yes, there are people who do deserve toe appetizers. And um, the cat's there, which is being kept there by the laser pointer we see. Yeah. So, and that we see again in the credits. Yeah, we see the laser pointer quite often, as well as, like, random bits of cat food. <laughs> that That's how you direct a cat, food and lasers. Yeah, you can't really direct cats, because cats are, well, cats. Cats do whatever <clears throat> the fuck they want. Yep. But we... Get another voiceover where, you know, he's like, I'm Duffy. I'm a human whisperer, and I think I found the people I'm supposed to help. That he's going to bring these families together. Meanwhile, back at the rich people house, the yeah. one percenters, Phil and Chris here, uh, Phil has tried to make waffles and burned them. <laughs> and destroyed the waffle maker of the process. <laughs> yes, and he has burned them that badly. The natural one on his craft food check. He's like, oh my god, I have to buy a waffle iron, this time with instructions. It's like, I don't know if that's the problem, Bill. And uh, Chris is like, well, Franny's coming over for the tutoring. He's like, well, you should take her outside, this house smells like waffles. <laughs> I mean, it's good advice. Yeah, but well, there's this line here that I hate, is because Franny comes in the house, and she's like, you have a really nice house. Does it always smell like waffles? I actually like that. It cracks me up. Like, no, Franny, it, it doesn't. About that. Do you go into people's house at Christmas? Does it always smell like ham? I'm doing that every time I go into someone's house now. Keep that in mind for Thanksgiving. Does it always smell like turkey? <laughs> And my note is like, no, it doesn't always smell like waffles, you stupid, stupid, <laughs> stupid girl. And uh, Maybe it does. Maybe they just cook waffles every day. <laughs> well, uh, apparently they don't, because he has no, no clue. He doesn't know how to use a waffle maker. He rolls a nat zero. <laughs> yeah, just even pretty bad. So he's getting ready to tutor Franny, and she's like, I don't like books. I, I don't read. You're in honors classes. Yeah, I had help. So I'm like, is her school corrupt? <laughs> <laughs> Did her parents pay off the principal to get her in honors classes? Because she's like, I don't read books at all. There's movies and TV. I just want to swim in your pool under the pissing statue. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, okay, she's kind of cute, but, like, you have nothing in common with her. Why do you have a crush on this girl? She's like, I'm just going to swim in your pool and you tell me what happens in these books. And I get that she's probably trying to flirt with him. Yeah, she is. She's like, hey, watch me swim in a bikini. <laughs> yeah. 
But it just seems like she's taking advantage of the rich kid. Yeah. She's yeah. slightly better at flirting than he is, but not... Yeah, he's not terrible. To, uh, that's not saying. That's a pretty low bar. You know, Duffy's hanging around. Yep. Thinking smart-ass stuff back at them. Because he's not yep. talking to them yet. No. He's above that. Well, he has limited talking powers. As we learn later. And so Duffy decides to fuck off into the house. Well, Chris totally screws up his his stuff with Franny here because he's afraid of swimming. He doesn't know how to swim. Yeah, he doesn't know how to swim. They have this pool, but and it's not even a deep pool. They're like walking it. Yeah. Like, he's tall enough. It's fine. She's super tall though. She's way taller than she's like a she's got a good foot on him. It's like it's like me and my wife. It's like, man, you got <laughs> she's a lot taller than me. And so Duffy wanders in, and he's just thinking, feed me, Phil, I want milk and sandwich meat. And that's the line, he says, sandwich meat? Again, pretty sure Eric Robert was just, like, stream of conscious thinking about sandwich meat or something. (laughs) I would like milk and sandwich meat. Ooh, we should put that in the script. (laughs) But that's what Phil does, is he he gives him a bowl of milk with fucking sandwich meat in it. And Chris is hating on the cat now. He's like, why are you feeding the cat? He doesn't belong here. Well, also, he's just going to run away. Cause he's, he's, he's subtly hinting that mom left, and it's brought up, like, barely one more time, and it has no relevancy to anything. Yeah. Meanwhile, back with the poor. Yeah, the poors. Um, Tina's, like, really wanting to go to business college, and the mom's like, well, I, I cater for this toys company, and they're looking for somebody for an internship. And she's like, no, no, I'm too good for that. I must go college. You know, so she's like, hey, Trent, do you want to intern for this company? And um, because his soul has been broken by his bitch sister, he's like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm not good at any. I'm going to go fix the fence. And even going to fix the fence, you know, you get Tina call him. Yeah, you're such a suck up, Trent. Yeah. And mom says her her, her catchphrase, you know. I'm going to make the cheese puffs. But dump tis audience laughs. Yeah. Meanwhile, Tina's on the phone with, uh, with, with Franny. Yeah, going, I know. I know, right? I know. I know. I know. I know. Yes. I know. <laughs> Not only is it our favorite, the uh, one-sided phone call dialogue, <laughs> it's literally the same I know <laughs> for like four minutes straight. <laughs> with this phone going, I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> and then she hangs up and goes, I'm such a good friend. I know. So bad. Before Duffy now talks, his mouth of this black void that <laughs> opens. I started laughing so hard. I was watching it. Uh, I was watching it while sitting next to my, on my phone. I was watching it sitting next to my brother-in-law. I stopped. I started laughing so hard. I rewound it and showed it to him. This is incredible. <laughs> he just goes, read your beeping machine. <laughs> and he's trying to get her to read the laptop. And she's like, the fucking cat's talking. Read your beeping machine. <laughs> But you're talking, you're a cat. Read your beeping machine, bitch. (laughs) Read your beeping machine. Who said that? It's me. You're a cat. Read your machine. And you're talking? Tina, please, read your machine. Yes, but you're a cat. And she panics and runs away, and he's like, I can only speak to you once, it's the rules. (laughs) 
And I'm like, what what rules? Who made these rules? Why did they make them? <laughs> Meanwhile, she's blaming Trent for reasons. Yeah, she goes out and like calls Trent a bunch of names because she's evil. And then she comes back in. She's like, where's the cat? And Mom goes, he left when he started yelling and slamming doors. And she goes, whatever, and leaves yelling and slamming doors. Exactly. <laughs> and then she finally looks at her computer where there's like, I don't know, some newsletter from Code Monkey Times about Phil Barber. Yeah, with a lot of misspellings. Yeah, so many misspellings. Like one time it's he works for Globe Tech. Like one word, and another time it's global tech, but global is G-L-O-B-E-L. And she reads it all so slow. Like, I, I know why they don't want Tina to go to college. She'd embarrass herself. <laughs> Takes her like five minutes to get through this tiny little paragraph. Look, sometimes you're good at coding, sometimes you're good at reading. And so it's all about how Phil Barber made this company, and he's retired to go spend time with his family. And then the last paragraph reads, Produce daily traffic logs by working rejected spots, assuring product separation and other possible log variances, print and distribute daily log, clear expectations, work in various traffic positions as needed. And I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) And then just suddenly like a random job posting at the end of this biography? (laughs) And it's in a different color font, too. Like, what? it was the graphic artist who did the web page looking for a job. Like, I can do this. Hey, if you need somebody, look at my resume that I've included in this film. Hello, I'm Duffy, a talking cat, and I'm here to give you the truth. The truth about life, the truth about the world, the truth about everything. I can only talk to you once, so you better listen closely. Adrenochrome is being secretly harvested by all the world's elite. These celebrities and deep state bastards take children and- Duffy, what are you doing? Duffy? I don't have much time, humans. So heed my words while you can. In the basement of a pizza restaurant in Washington, D.C., they have Hudden- Duffy, no. Stop that. Bad kitty. Dad? Duffy's on the internet talking about the pizza stuff again. They will try to silence me. Because I only speak the truth, and the truth is dangerous to the elites. Eddie White harvested adrenochrome from over a thousand children. That's why she lived to be 300 years old before she was Epstein. Um, Hanks has been- Duffy, I'm sorry, but Dad says it's time to put you down. You were a good cat and helped our family, but your insane conspiracy theories have become too much. Goodbye, Duffy. No, please don't. It's not my time yet. The people have to know! Frazzle Dip! Frazzle Dip! <laughs> then we get establishing shots, some more nature, and uh, Susan is making cheese puffs. As she is wont to do. Yeah, that's all this woman does. And she's trying to comfort a depressed Trent, because he's <laughs> just moping on the couch sad. Yeah. And she's like, do you want to watch a movie marathon with me? I taped all of these Humphrey Bogart movies onto my VHS in 2013. <laughs> I mean, that technically is still something you could could do. And Trent's like, no, my soul is too broken to enjoy movies. I'm just going to go and wander sad and broken. Uh, 
If I had a dollar for every time I've wandered sad and broken. Yeah, and the mom's like, hey, hey, you're good no matter what your sister says. And he's like, <laughs> that's his response. Meanwhile, Phil is watching this Humphrey Bogart marathon in his day for night house. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, it's just so blue. And um, he asks Duffy, he's like, hey, Duffy, what do you think of this movie? And Duffy speaks. And well, he's also doing a really bad Humphrey Bogart impersonation to start with. Yeah, not even of the movie he's watching. Yeah. Yeah, because he's watching some movie and there's dialogue. And then here's Phil just like, oh, I'm going to get you, bad guy. Duffy speaks his opinion, that black void of his mouth opening. And I like when they do this animation, Duffy is frozen. Like, they're not even, it's just a still of the cat with this little blobby <laughs> mouth. <laughs> I like to think that uh, Eric Roberts just possesses the cat for a second, with the void of a mouth just being the manifestation, and the cat has to just sit there paralyzed <laughs> while the void mouth speaks. Yes. And then once Eric Roberts' soul leaves, the cat's like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just totally blacked it out. Guy was oh. just laying on a bed watching a movie. Now I'm in a alley behind a bar soaking in gin. What the hell? It's, a, it's like having disassociative identity, <laughs> except you're just possessed by the voice of Eric Roberts. But, but Duffy says that these movies don't have enough cats, and and that Phil should try taking a long walk into the woods. And I'm like, is he telling Phil to go die? <laughs> <laughs> go find a bear. <laughs> There's a cocaine bear out there. Go run under his feet, Phil. <laughs> be a much different movie. <laughs> go fucking die, Phil. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, go take a walk in the woods. And Phil's like, oh, well, you're talking. I don't make the rules, Phil. I can only talk to you once. I'm like, well, who the fuck does make the rules? <laughs> I love that Phil's response is like, yeah, I suppose you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, probably true. Try taking a long walk into the woods. Is somebody in here? Just those lazy old movie-watching types. Duffy? You should take a walk in the woods and then have a talk. In the woods. Why are you talking? I don't make the rules, Phil. Y you can talk? I'm a talking cat. And it's the same as like when um earlier in the movie, Tina like yelled at Duffy to speak to Susan. And Duffy just showed his asshole and walked away. <laughs> Despite the fact that he's like, I can only talk to you once. You know, and he tells Phil, I can only talk to you once. So Phil runs and grabs Chris. And you know what? Duffy can only talk to them once. He ain't gonna talk. Now he can he can talk to technically he can talk to Chris still. And he can talk to Susan still, but presumably not with the other person in the room. Oh well I think, he, Did I he talk to Trent the, yet or not? He has not talked to Trent yet. Okay. Oh yeah, that's a little later. <laughs> they have a nice heart to heart. Oh, that's a weird scene though. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the movie in general. So Phil comes down the next morning with a new lease on life. He's like, I'm Phil 2.0. And he's wearing this shirt. <laughs> the shirt says, un pinche dia a la vez. Which means, one fucking day at a time. In the kids movie. In the kids movie. This shirt that says, one fucking day at a time. And he's like, I'm gonna stop talking to cats. Because that makes no sense at all. Actual line. <laughs> 
<laughs> Instead, I shall go walk in the woods like the cat told me to do. Yep. And he just tumps out, and then we get establishing shots and lounge music. And then we're, we're back with the pores. <laughs> Tina comes out of her bedroom and just immediately goes after Trent. Hey, loser! You're dumb! <laughs> <laughs> Man, she's so abusive to her brother. You're losers, you're dumb and ugly, and Trent's like, Oh, okay, I'm gonna leave now. And Susan's like, I'm here if you want to talk, Trent. Like, if you really cared, Mom, you'd do something about Tina's unchecked bitchiness. <laughs> and, Tina's um, under a lot of stress, okay? She can't go to business school because they're part of the pores. Yeah. But, really, she can't go to business school because she has no reading comprehension. <laughs> Again, some people can code, and they can't do much else. Oh, yeah, she did great on the math portions of the ACT, but scored a big fat zero on the reading. But uh, Trent sulks on the, the their outside couch, and Duffy comes up and is like, Hey, hey, how you doing, Trent? I'm a talking cat. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, wow, a talking cat. Yeah, I can only talk once. And he gives this, like, long rambling story about, like, my previous owner gave me a magic collar, and it's it's at the woods in some grove on a rock. But anyway, you're a good person, Trent. Yeah. You gotta have a heart-to-heart with you, Trent. He's like, I have no imagination. He's like, yeah, you do. You're talking to a fucking cat. <laughs> and there's a collar my original owner gave me. Buried under a grove of magical trees due north of here. That collar just lets me help people. That's crazy? What's so crazy about it? <laughs> You're a cat. That's the problem with you humans. You're also concerned with knowing the destination. You forget to enjoy the trip. You're having a thoughtful conversation with me. I'm a talking cat, remember? That just makes me crazy. You need to stop selling yourself short. If you keep living and learning and reaching out, the life you think you're missing He's going to land right in your lap. Like, Trent has just been so abused by his sister's whole life that, you know, he accepts the fact that I'm hallucinating cats now, I guess. You know, I've been gaslit into believing I'm worthless. I'll just keep talking to the cat, I guess. Yeah, meanwhile, uh, Phil is stomping about in the woods and it's playing La Cucaracha. Yeah. And he's wearing that Un Pinche Dia shirt and he wanders up to Susan's house. Tina, I guess, is just in her room, struggling to read a word, and Trent's moping outside with a talking cat. Yeah. So Phil and Susan are talking, and he's like, oh, I have a son. You know, my son does this. And then later on in the conversation, she me- he mentions his son again, and she goes, oh, you have a son? <laughs> Look, short-term memory lost. Yeah, how old? 17. Oh, my children are 17. And Phil, like, goes into the poorhouse, and he's like, oh, it's very homey, says the guy who lives in a million-dollar mansion. <laughs> that is very, very uh, tackily decorated, though. And his his one-fucking-day-at-a-time shirt is soaked in sweat. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he, he a big boy. Yeah, he is. And she's giving him water, and he's like, I'm no Humphrey Bogart. And she goes, oh, I love Humphrey Bogart. And they just start talking about Humphrey Bogart. And Duffy's like, I'm doing magic here. I say, Duffy's over the corner going, good, good. <laughs> the, the humans do my bidding. <laughs> Meanwhile, Chris and Franny are back at the, the pool. We get an establishing shot of the piss boy again. <laughs> and um, Chris is like, okay, in this book, you know, there's this. And Franny's like, it's so hot. 
We must swim. Please swim with me. <laughs> yeah, she's she's starting to get more uh, more more trying to be more blunt. Yeah, because she likes them. The whole point is like, I want to go swimming with you. Let's get you know into swimwear. And then he's like, okay, but in the book Hamlet, and she goes, Hamlet's about a guy that can't take action, even though the obvious is staring him right in the face. Because she actually does understand the stupid books. She just doesn't care. This is when Duffy comes up and, and talks to Chris. It's like, hey, you, 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 you had an opportunity there, dude. Don't, don't let one sump back take you from, let you stop you from taking advantage enough of an opportunity. You know, Duffy out here dropping the truth bombs. Yeah. And then Chris is like, do you think Franny likes me? And Duffy just fucking turns up his asshole and mocks away. I'm a cat. What the fuck do I know? And then back at Susan's fucking nightmare day for night, because <laughs> it is bright as day out there, but we're shooting it blue because it's nighttime. But it's just this huge, like, what is the moon radioactive? What is going on in this world? Well, we have a talking cat, so... And Trent finally has the nerve because the cat has given him confidence to where he tells Tina, You can't hurt me anymore! I know. Uh, and he's great. like, fucking Pierce Brosnan and put him in the VR machine and so <laughs> Job's standing up to his boss. <laughs> and then we get the worst day for night where it's actually just shots of the sun. That we're pretending is a moon. It's so bad. It's 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 wonderful. A uh, nice beach establishing shot before Susan is just madly making cheese puffs. I still don't know where the fuck this is set because it's like deep forest, but also tropical beach. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think all of the establishing shots there, the 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 beaches and the forest, probably came from a relaxation DVD. <laughs> they are relaxing. Yeah. That it just plays nature sounds and Enya music over it. Um, because Susan's got a big gig. She has to go cater this investor meeting at Sims Toy Company, which is actually mentioned in another Dakota movie. Oh. The Sims Toy Company. The Dakota, the Dakota verse. Yeah, I think it's the, the Halloween puppy one. I'm not sure. But yeah, she has to make a thousand million cheese puffs for this fucking investor meeting. And she's like, must make cheese puffs. My family will make the cheese puffs with me. Meanwhile, in the 1% house, Phil's <laughs> on the phone with his financial advisor. One-sided call again. Classic. Yeah. He's like, no, not that company. Not that. Oh, a toy company? Yes. Invest all of my monies <laughs> into the toy company. Toys are fun. <laughs> Bye. Bye it all. <laughs> yes. And then we get the riveting shots of Susan driving. Oh my god, this scene. It's like three minutes long. It's like the beginning of Manos. It's ter it's terrible. It's just shots of her car driving <laughs> forever. And then eventually she arrives home, and I was like, Woman, you were home! Where are you coming from? Did you leave the meeting? And she's yeah, driven yes, actually. Yeah, she left the meeting to come home, and she's like, We need more cheese puffs! He's yeah, because I guess she's Full day catering. They did breakfast, and now there's time, and she's preparing to do the lunch cheese puffs. But breakfast was cheese puffs. <laughs> <laughs> Look, 
it's all cheese puffs all the way down. And that's where she's like, I'm losing money on the cheese puffs. And like, that's the only thing you make. And um, we get a, a nice long shot here as it plays music. As Susan transfers the cheese puffs from the cookie sheet to the buffet tray. It goes on for a minute or two. Well, Phil wanders up to their house again, almost gets run down by a car. And um, Susan, you know, explains her career. I work for Susan's Pantry Country Catering. <laughs> like, no, no, Susan's Pantry colon. She just blurts it all out as, like, one sentence. Right. Um, Susan's Pantry Country Catering. No, it's yeah. Susan's Pantry Country Catering. They <laughs> make cheese puffs. And that's it. <laughs> She's like, I'm in a very big hurry. Let me put these cheese puffs in the trunk. Do you want some water, Phil? <laughs> Hello, my name is Susan and I run the catering company, Susan's Pantry Country Catering. I make cheese puffs. In my kitchen there are cheese puffs, only cheese puffs, so many cheese puffs. I will make you cheese puffs for any event that you have. Birthday, cheese puffs, bat mitzvah, cheese puffs, investor meeting, trays and trays of cheese puffs. Cheese puffs are perfect for every kind of event in your life. Cheese puffs are the only and greatest food. My children are actually cheese puffs and they are delicious. Am I licensed? Do I need to be? All I make is cheese puffs. It's just hot cheese and puff. Fill your body with cheese puffs. The only food. Cheese puffs. Call me Susan at Susan's Pantry Country Catering. I don't have a phone. Just cheese puffs. If you need me to cater your event, just climb to the highest ground you can find and scream cheese puffs to the sky and I will appear on a pegasus made entirely of cheese puff. I will provide you with all the cheese puffs you need. Cheese puffs every day. Cheese puffs forever. So while the while the cheese puffs are getting cold in the trunk, they're chatting over water, and she's like, "Oh, I have more cheese puffs in the oven here," and she just reaches in, no oven mitts, just strong woman's these cheese puffs on out of there that you know that are scorching hot, you know, just holds this pan. Her hands are just callous at this point, and she's like, "Here, Phil, take these." And he takes it and he obviously scorches his hands and he drops all the cheese puffs on the ground. And she's like, Phil, get the fuck out of my house! Yeah. <laughs> that, that escalated quickly. You're so stupid, Phil! And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I really am sorry. Get the fuck out, Phil! I'm like, oh, this is where Tina gets it from. <laughs> and meanwhile, Tina's there going like, oh, hey, I know, you're that rich motherfucker who codes. I got code, you want to talk to me? He's like, yeah, sure. No, <laughs> Tina must make the cheese puffs for me now. Phil's like, I, I have two ovens. You know, you could make the cheese puffs at my house. I have two ovens. You can make twice the cheese puffs. No, Phil. She must make them in my poor oven alone. <laughs> Get out of here. Because <laughs> all of a sudden she doesn't trust this guy she's been flirting with for like seven years. Yeah. And then, um. So Tina decides, okay, Mom, I'll make your cheese puffs, but she fucks off and goes with Phil. Yep. And then Trent comes out and is like, Mom, would you like a sandwich? And she's like, no, I want cheese puffs. You know, Tina didn't make the cheese puffs. She left her cell phone behind. The world is ending. And my note here is, Susan, clam your tits. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether the Sims Toy Company gets this investor or not, because you're the fucking caterer. You were paid to cater the event. Well, I guess the idea is that if the Sims toy company got the, she would have like a a contract to regularly cater for them or some 
shit. Who knows? Oh, like a like a regular food vendor show up yeah. with cheese pups every day. Yeah, essentially selling them to the poor, beaten toy factory workers. That's right. The ones but, that should be unionizing but aren't. Yep. Yeah, but of course, she here she goes delivering more cheese puffs, and then uh, we get Chris looking really cut here because he's in swim trunks. Yep. And he's in got good shape. Some, yeah, he's got some cum gutters on him. He is in good shape for a uh, for a nerdy boy. Yep. And he's afraid of the water. He's like, I don't know how to swim. I'm, I'm afraid, but I must learn to swim because it's the only interest that Franny has in her entire life. <laughs> she loves to swim. And then a, a Trent wanders onto the property. He's like, oh, wow, a pool. May I swim? <laughs> he's looking for his sister. He's like, hey, have you seen Tina? Who the fuck is Tina? My sister, can I swim in your pool? <laughs> I love swimming. I used to volunteer at the pool to teach kids to swim just so I could use the pool. Yeah, and Chris is like, do you teach non-kids how to swim? Yeah, I could teach you how to swim, Chris. Let, let me teach you. Right now. Yeah, and then uh, inside uh, Tina is pitching her code to, to, to Phil, and it's just like, algorithm, you have good data, we have algorithm, <laughs> and she's like, here's a flash drive with algorithm. <laughs> Engage technobabble. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I will look at algorithm and data. Duffy wanders around going, cheese puffs wafting across the pool deck. Two families <laughs> enjoying each other's gifts. It's very poetic. Tina has made the cheese puffs, but Phil is eating them all. Because they're good. Yeah. And, and Phil can't cook. Probably hasn't eaten in days. Yeah. Every time he tries, he breaks an oven. Susan drives up, and everybody's like, uh-oh, mom's here. Even we Duffy's fuck. like, oh, fuck, I forgot to talk to Susan. Yeah, because Susan at this point is the only person uh, Duffy has not talked to, because Susan's constantly whining about For some reason, Trent is in trouble. Well, but he was supposed to find his sister, and in lieu of that, make cheese puffs. Yeah. But all they did and was he's uh, sh- very shirtless with a, another good-looking boy. <laughs> yeah, who he has magically, in the span of an hour, taught how to swim. Yes, kind of. I mean, we see Chris flailing about in the pool. I'm swimming. I'm swimming. I'm like, it doesn't really look like you are, but okay. Good enough for him to get in the pool and hang out with Franny, I guess. Yeah, I mean it, it, that swimming is going to embarrass Franny. She's going to be like, oh yeah. My family was right. I should have dated a football player <laughs> instead of the flailing pool nerd. <laughs> but he is rich. Yep. Hello, listeners. Just interrupting this recording for one second to give you all some great news. Coming eventually to Audible.com is our first full-length audiobook, A Talking Cat. The Erotic Adventures. Hello, I'm Duffy, Talking Cat. I love the woods, but I also love to fuck. As you can tell, it is read by Eric Roberts, or rather someone that kinda sounds like him. Here's another excerpt. The woman from the catering company moaned as I rubbed my rough paw on her clitoris. I coughed up a hairball on her thigh. Cheese puffs, she moaned. Fill my pussy with cheese p-
puffs. Now, I wish we could make this audiobook free, but we do gotta recover our costs on it. It wasn't cheap to produce. You see, we found some desperate stranger, loaded him up with way too many hallucinogens, made him watch a talking cat about 50 times, and this is what he gave us. As I dug my claws into Phil's wide hips, he looked back at me and sighed. Duffy, I didn't know a cat penis could feel so good. Yes, I purred in response, but I can only put it inside of a human one time. Also, we don't have the rights for this. I don't know if it's exactly legal to do this, which means that this book probably won't ever exist at all. That's a shame, because you would miss out on Pulitzer-grade writing like this. As I watched the two families frolic naked in the pool, I licked myself. I slowly ran my ragged tongue across my... Okay, Duffy, that's quite enough of that, thank you. Anyway, listeners, keep an eye out on Audible.com for A Talking Cat, The Erotic Adventures. Or don't, because this is probably never going to happen. A Talking Cat, The Erotic Adventures, what the fuck were we thinking? Anyway, thanks for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show. So everybody's in trouble. Susan's raging because... Uh, they didn't get that investor meeting didn't go well. Even though it has nothing to do with her. They're like, it's not your fault, Mom, and she's, you're just the fucking caterer. <laughs> because everyone understands that, except for Susan. Yeah. And then she's like, Phil, you might be a nice person, but in the future, could you take your walk on a different trail? I'm like, yeah, her, her driveway, he really isn't part of a trail, though. So Chris tries to cheer up Phil by saying, You shouldn't let one little setback stop you from taking advantage of an opportunity. Fucking Duffy's words. Yeah. So they're like, well, let's look at Tina's program thing. And okay, what it does is it looks at your wardrobe and makes recommendations on an algorithm. And then it'll, like, recommend you complimentary clothes you should buy and stuff. Which is actually a really cool idea for a product when you think about it. Yeah, it is, but it also requires you to scan all of your clothes, your entire wardrobe in. With a book light? With a book light, yes. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. It's like a book light that they've plugged in and they're they're scanning clothes. It's like just the tag on each clothes, which doesn't have a UPC or a um, QR code or anything. It's just scan tag with book light. It's some very smart AI. Yeah, it goes on ever, and it's playing the, clown music. Yeah, yeah this scene, and the music is just boop a doop a doo honk honk. I mean, that's most of the score, to be fair. Yeah, and they scan everything, and they're like, "Oh, what should I wear? I'm going to wear a purple and pink tie with balloon pants. I'm like, would certainly fit with this fucking music." <laughs> and so Chris now has a a blue button-up shirt and khaki pants and a belt. And I put that he's looking like Jared Leto. He does look like Jared Leto. Yeah. Phil, in the middle of summer, is wearing this gigantic wool coat. And I'm like, okay, apparently Tina's uh, programming doesn't take the time of year into effect. Look, sometimes you have to suffer for fashion. And then Phil has this line verbatim. He goes, Tina doesn't know it yet or not, but she's going to be one very wealthy, wealthy young lady. 
no, like, no. I feel like the lines are just ad libbed. Like that that line got flubbed, and they just kept it. <laughs> well, they shot this movie in three fucking days, so you don't it, have time. It's Thanks. either Tina doesn't know it yet, but she's going to be wealthy, or whether she knows it or not, she's going to be wealthy, but it just comes out in just one verbal diarrhea of Tina doesn't know it yet or not, but... <laughs> Ironically, that's how real conversation goes. <laughs> so, kind of feels more natural than some movie dialogue does. So they've gone through all of this effort to, to, to look nice and use, use uh, Tina's program. And Franny shows up and, girl, what is she? The fuck is she wearing? Oh my god, the fucking bow neck. <laughs> yes, this purple flannel dress with this matching bow tie I, necklace. I actually like the dress. The bow tie necklace, though, was just okay. driving me insane for the rest of the movie. The dress is fine, but it just looks like she has a bow tie stabbed into her sternum. <laughs> No, it looks ridiculous. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Just as you need to talk to Tina. <laughs> Plugging your shit into the things. Just this bow tie floating above her breasts, just out of nowhere. Um, doesn't matter because she's just gonna get into the pool with Chris anyway. Right. And while they're they're splashing about, Duffy is hit by a car. Yeah, but that same guy who's been driving too fast. There's a bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. Well, because Duffy's like, shit, I need to talk to Susan. Oh, oh, and he's huffing and puffing through the woods. He's like, I'm almost there. And then, boom. I can fix, I can fix this. <laughs> boom, hit by a car. I think it's a Subaru, incidentally. Oh. And um, so Tina calls Franny right away to say, oh, this cat Duffy just got hit by a car in front of my house. And then Chris and Phil are like, we have to go with you. We'll take you over there. We're all going to go visit Duffy. Put yeah. on your ridiculous fucking bow tie, Franny. We're going. So they show up and, you know, Franny and Tina hug because apparently they're friends. And that's how I guess we learned that that's who she was talking to at the phone at the beginning of the movie. Well, I mean, I, I made the assumption just watching that just because she's talking to Franny about how awkward a boy is. No, oh, but you wanted somebody different. That's why you broke up with Derek. I'm like, oh, she's talking to Franny about how weird Chris is. And then Duffy is dying on this bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've wrapped, lazily wrapped gauze on this <laughs> poor cat's head. And just have Eric Roberts going, oh, oh, the pain, oh. I didn't know anything could be underacted and overacted at the same time, and yet here we are. And this cat's just sitting there like, why the fuck did you put this shit on my head? <laughs> and they're like, oh, poor Duffy, you know, Duffy's special. He's a talking cat, because he's talked to everyone except Susan. So Susan, well, and, and and Franny. So Susan thinks they're completely insane. And Franny's just like, fuck it, alright, I'll go along. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I'm just thirsty for Chris, so if Chris says the cat talks, the cat fucking talks, okay? I mean, Tina says she talks, Chris says, alright, fine. My best friend and my love interest say I'll, I'll go along with it. Yeah, because at one point, uh, when they're walking around, um, Chris says, Duffy's special. And then Franny goes, you're special. And then they're I holding actually hands. I actually went, aw, so wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm just so jaded from all the shit we watch. I'm like, aw, that's sweet and awesome. Yeah. 
Tret has a memory. He's like, oh, when I was the cat was babbling nonsense at me and said something about a magic collar in a in the forest next to some bushes, and they're like, well, let's go find the magic collar, which they eventually do. They find this ratty ass looking thing. It's like the fucking crown of thorns they put on Christ. <laughs> It does. It's like woven. And they put it on Duffy and magic happens. <laughs> yes, magic. Bad art school intern special effects done in five minutes of magic. Default settings and after effects here. And then some fucking like green ball floats up out of Duffy. Like, I guess his soul actually disappears <laughs> and he's alive again. Susan goes, "What happened?" That that's actually the cat's real soul, Duffy's real soul, being extracted, and Eric Roberts is now permanently possessed of the cat. He has exorcised all that made Duffy Duffy. Now it is all Eric. Susan's like, "What happened?" And Phil just goes, "We did something." <laughs> like I suppose you did. You don't say, Phil. You just saw the soul of a cat leave. Yeah. A bunch of fireworks and then the soul left. That would that would qualify as doing something. Yeah, and Duffy rolls around and goes, I'm Duffy, I'm a talking cat. Actual line. Yep. Then we he get, said the thing. He said the thing. Again, he's only said it like four fucking times, but Duffy <laughs> gives up gives us the wrap up voiceover. After we get some more of the the establishing shots of creeks and beaches, um, Susan eventually did get the contract because the Sims Toy Company got suddenly an angel investor. Yeah, who would that be? Yeah. Yeah, and Susan is just stuffing Phil with cheese puffs. They're sitting on this couch, and she's just stuffing cheese puffs in his mouth. Well, she's planning to marry him, feed him cheese puffs till he explodes, and then inherit the house and the money. Yeah. Um, and then he's working with Tina on her, her program thing. They're sitting there with matching laptops. Because that, that, Phil is a workaholic. He <laughs> can't put it aside. He's like, thank God, somebody to code with again. Yeah, he's like, I'm coding with this girl and eating cheese puffs. This is the best. And then Chris and Franny are having a good time splashing about in the statue piss. <laughs> that statue is just pissing all over them and they're playing in the pool. And then we have all of the characters gathered around Duffy. <laughs> getting him, trying to make him drink this milk. Because this poor cat just keeps trying to leave and they drag him back to the milk. Then mariachi music and credits. And then there's outtakes over the credits again. Yeah, they do the credits essentially twice. Yeah, they do. They go through all the credits. And then we get all of the credits again over cat outtakes. The credits are 7 minutes and 40 seconds long out of an 83-minute film. Yeah. Well, if you add in the opening credits, that's like 10 minutes of credits. And there's like 20... Minutes of filler, like just stock, like establishing shots, and that doesn't count like the random four minute car driving scene. Yeah, this is like a forty five minute movie that they stretched into <laughs> into eighty three. It's a it's a movie. Where do you put it on the coffee scale? 
it's tough because I'm definitely taking the 6 p.m. over this movie. The question is, is it worse than 9 p.m. or is it better? I think I smiled enough during this dumb movie that I would not, I would take it before the 9 p.m. Yeah, this is the um, 8 p.m. pregame espresso before a big drinking night. <laughs> yeah, just just a bit, just a bit better than the 9 p.m. taco shop, taco shop coffee. Just a little bit better. Yeah. It's, it is both simultaneously correctly reviewed and incorrectly reviewed. It, it is such is. a weird fucking movie because it's terrible. It is the room of kids' movies, but there's something like wholesome and like, <laughs> somehow it makes you smile in spite of itself. I don't know how that is. Yeah, because the room, yeah, the room is terrible, has goofy dialogue and. It also has horrible sex scenes, and it's just so foul and ill, ill-mannered. Yeah. This movie is just honest. Yeah, it's like, it's like sweet in a very, like, sac- saccharine sort of way. But in a one that's like, man, they don't make movies like this anymore. No. I haven't seen a movie like this in a while. Um, like, this is like the kids' movies we watched when we were kids. Yeah, because this is kidsploitation. This is just, we're going to throw out something that feels like a kid's movie, but put no effort into it. You know, and somehow, kids and don't somehow care. Yeah, somehow it does just enough to make you smile, even as an adult. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. So no, I, I didn't hate this movie. It's way too long, but it's like, <laughs> it's it's got enough moments in the movie where it's like, I kind of liked that scene. Yeah, it's, it's delightful. <laughs> it's actually it's weird because it is an objectively bad movie, but it's also an okay movie. I've seen worse, Supervan. I'm looking at you. Yeah, it's it's no Supervan. Supervan is the only uh, lobster truck coffee movie we've had. Yes, that is that is like the that that is the that is the that is our barometer of how bad a movie is so far. I mean, I mean, oh, I'm sure we may find other stuff that's up there, but man, Supervan was terrible. I mean. Halloween Pussy Trap was pretty bad, but that was bad, bad, but not as bad as Superman. Yeah, at least there were some amusing parts of uh, Pussy Trap, like fucking Dave Mustaine doing Dave Mustaine voice. Yeah, but yeah, so that's a talking cat. Um, yeah. Next week we're doing some Puppet Master movies by a little-known director that we've never covered on this show before. Yeah, David Dakota. Yeah, he did a ton of Puppet Master movies. <laughs> I, I watched them all this weekend. Has did Contributor. Oh! Contributor well. will have some words, I imagine. Yeah, he usually does. Yep. But we will catch you next time, everybody. Good night. Good night.